Thank you, Jesus. I do honor the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ, Jesus the righteous. I bless his name above every name because at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He is the self-existent one. Thank you, Jesus. He is the King of glory. Thank you, Jesus. So we happily sing to the King of glory. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. As we, uh, as we think about the moment we sit in, Lord, you know, as we think about this time and this moment we're sitting in, we cannot fail to give God thanks for it. I know, I know there's a lot to be disappointed about. I know there's a lot of things that could be better. But the truth is, we know how this fight ends. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, don't, don't trip about the score on round two. Don't worry about the score, the, how the referees called it on round five. Don't, don't, don't get messed up because you're in quarter number one. My wife always says this to me when I'm watching the game. When I'm watching the game, she's not even watching. I'm watching the game. She always says, it is not over till it's over. And I must type my teams down. I'm getting mad. I'm getting ready to switch the TV over. She says, it's not over till it's over. She keeps saying this to me. And I'm no more still frustrated looking at the score. We're yeah. down by 20. Yeah. There's only a quarter left. And she says, it's not over. So I switch it over. I switch back and I see my team up by six. I'm like, wait a minute. I could have been enjoying this game the whole time. But I switched it over. <laughs> I switched the TV over. I couldn't even enjoy the comeback. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because the game was an oh, I'm encouraging you. I know you're down right now, but our comeback is round the corner. Don't switch off the TV now. Don't look. Don't get frustrated now. Don't switch over to another channel now. Let's keep watching. Let's see my God turn this around. Preach, man. Preach, man. Oh, my God. Watch him. Turn it around. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what? Uh, the best part of the game is the comeback. Yes. Preach, man. Preach, man. Come Y'all on. acting like... Come on, preach. Preach. The best part of the game isn't being up by 50. It's certainly not being down by 50. No, sir. Yes, sir. The best part of the game is the comeback. That's the sweetest part of the game. Let me preach today. It's the best part of the game. Your team's down, you think you're out. And then you start to, oh, we're down by 12 now. Oh, we're down by six now. Oh, we just took the lead. Let my God take the lead for you. Hand him the ball. Hey, we need a comeback. Lord, we need you. Preach, man. Preach. Preach. Oh, my. We need you. We need you. We We're walking out the game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The game's not even over. Yeah. We're walking out the game. 
and we ain't even subbing our best player. We're walking out the game, and we still haven't given our best player the best shot yet. Let's substitute me out. Glory to God. Let's substitute me out and get him in. Oh my, yes sir. Let him in. Call a timeout if you have to. <laughs> Give me a chance to get out. Give him a chance to go in. You've already, you probably all played on those teams where the one person who's the worst at playing hogs the ball the whole time. I'm like, wait a minute, why are you shooting? You can't shoot. You only play because you bought the ball. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Meanwhile, you got Michael Jordan sitting over on the side. Waiting to get in the game. Waiting on your prideful self to let him go and win the game for you. Hallelujah, let's let him in the game. Let's let him in the game. Don't switch it over. Don't get upset and go home. Let's let him in the game. Let him in the game. Thank you, Jesus. Let him in the game. He's saying, man, we're down by 15 and there's only seven minutes left to go. Well, now's the best time to bring him in. Well, now, if he wasn't going to bring him in the first and the second, or the third quarter, surely, if you did bring it in before, now's the time. Don't quit on the game. It's not over till it's over. Are you worried about what they're saying right now? Yeah, I know it sounds bad. I'm still going to sub him in. Put me in. You know what? The best player always wants to play. Jesus wants to be in your life. He's waiting for you to realize, hey, run his call, call his play. He will win. He will win. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Let him in the game. Let's stop acting prideful. Your jump shot's been broke this whole time. You ain't been able to play this whole time. He's just proving the point. Let him in the game. Let him lead you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk to you today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't let, don't let the threat be the thing that defeats you. Don't let the thing that you think is coming be the thing that defeats us. If we're going to go down, let it at least be the thing that's causing the problem and not the threat of the thing that causes the problem. You, you understand what I'm saying? Don't be afraid, Sotil. You don't actually even get going with your fight. Don't be that afraid that you don't even get started with your fight. That's gonna be the worst thing, right? That you got so 
my dad would say this before, we used to stay up till two o'clock in the morning and watch Mike Tyson fight. And he used to look at the boxer and says, ah, oh, he looks like he's gonna lose. Because he was looking at the boxer's face and the reputation of Mike Tyson had preceded him. And so the boxer lost before he even started swinging punches. Because all he could think about was the last three knockouts that Mike Tyson had done in under two rounds. And all he could think of is, am I gonna be able to walk or have to, do I have to be carried out of this ring? And so before they had ever got started, these boxers realized that they had defeated themselves with the thought of who he was long before he ever threw a single punch. And I'm hoping, and I'm asking, and I'm begging you, don't be that boxer who beats themselves before they get in the ring. This life is throwing some stuff at us 2020. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't even remember, I didn't say anything. I didn't happen to say anything, but there was a lot of preachers who said 2020 is the year of double vision. This 2020 has turned into one. I don't even know how to describe it. Any one of these incidents could have made 2020 awful. Now we've had about 15 of them just piled on top of each other to make 2020, but I'm still asking you, don't let the threat of this yes, thing okay. yes, defeat you before you start to fight. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes, We're gonna fight against the enemy, not against the thought of the enemy. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not gonna be beaten before we even get to the fight. We're gonna fight in the ring. Let me share you a scripture where I think this should hopefully show you what I'm talking about. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. Turn with me to Numbers 13. And go to the 17th verse. This is the moment that Moses is sitting in. Moses and Joshua are standing at the precipice of going into the promised land. Right? And they want to make sure that everything is the way they need it to be in order to enter into the promised land. Numbers 13 and 17 sits us right in this very moment. And the minister's going to read and help me get to the point I'm trying to make about not being beaten before you get to the fight. Yes, sir. Sent them out, sent them out to spy the land of Canaan. Yes. And said unto them, Get you up this way southward yes. and go up into the mountain. Yes. And see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. So I want you to get up. He's, he's, he's getting ready to, te he's telling these people to spy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't want you to go fight. Okay. I want you to go look. I want you to look at what our future looks like because that's where we're going. Yes. That's where we're absolutely going. Yes. And I need you to spy what it could look like and what it might look like and how the fight is. That makes sense. We're going to go into a fight. I want to see what he's, what, what, what's going to go on. How's this going to go down? I want you to see if they're weak or strong. I want you to see if there's lots of them or just a few of them. I want you to know what we're up against. Keep going. Verse 19. And what the land is that, that, that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad. I want you to see if the land itself is worth this whole fight. This is what the Lord promised us, but I need you to come back and look and tell me yes, exactly sir. what it is. Let's keep going. And what cities they be that dwell therein, whether in tents or in strongholds. Let, 
tell me if we've got to just burn some tents. Tell, tell me if we've got to take down whole castles and strongholds. Tell me the lay of the land. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Let's keep going. Verse 20, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, <laughs> right. whether it be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now, the tithe was the tithe of the first strike now just to be clear, he was now saying, I want you to go in there, tell me whether there's wood in the land. Wood was a precious material back then. Very precious, especially in this part of the land. Europe had plenty of wood. This part of the land of the world didn't have plenty of wood. So having so when you talk about the cedars of Lebanon, that's a that's a precious resource. Right, so when they talk about, tell me if there's wood for us to build, because when we get there, we intend to build. Yes. Tell me if this is there. Yes. I want you to tell me what the fruit's like. Yes, We're right now in the harvest time for grapes. Tell me about the grapes. I need you to come back and give me a report about what it is. I don't need you to come back and tell, now this is where I'm going. I don't need you to come back and tell me what it isn't or how bad it is. I want you to tell me what it is. <laughs> Let's keep going. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin yes. unto Rehob, as men came into Hamath. Yes. And they ascended by the south, and they came unto Hebron, where Aaron, Shirashurai, and Tamaha, and the children of Amak were. Yes. Now Hebron was built seven years before and just to be clear here, they've mentioned a particular people called Anak. Yes, what we know about the people of Anak is that they were the descendants of what we, what we assume the scripture tells us are giants, big people, right? So they already knew going in that there were people descended from what we assume were tough people, big people, at least, right? Let's keep going. That's important for later in the story. Yes, sir. It's verse 23. And they came unto the brook of Eshbel and cut down from it a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bear between two men, excuse me, between two upon his staff, and they brought it of the pomegranates and of the fish. So now they're done, they're inside there, they're spying out the land. Yes, and so far they've looked like they've found one, one grip or cluster of grapes. Now, a cluster of grapes, you know how a cluster of grapes is supposed to be. Yes. A cluster of grapes is supposed to fit in your hand. Yes, sir. You buy that in the store for two, two pounds, two dollars or something. Yes, sir. It's easy. Yes, sir. They said they had to get one cluster of grapes, put it on a staff, yes, and bear it. Two people had to carry it. That's how much one cluster of grapes were. This place isn't just, isn't just a little bit good. It's flowing good. It's flowing with milk and honey and apparently grapes. This is showing us the evidence of the place is exactly what we thought it was, right? The physical evidence they are, the spies have been sent to go get, they've realized that actually this place is good. Not only has it got grapes, it's got pomegranates and figs, everything we need, good stuff. Physical evidence is positive. Let's keep going. Because of the clusters of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after four 
40 days they've gone back and forth over this land. These spies are absolutely thorough in their looking. They've gone to search out what the land is, what the fight is ahead of us. They've gone to see what it is we're up against, whether the land is good or bad, whether they're few or many, whether the strongholds are there. They're looking at this whole situation from top to bottom to report back to Moses and to report back to the children of Israel. And after 40 days, this is the report. Let's keep going. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word unto them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So they showed the fruit right off the bat. It's good. We had to carry two of us to carry this one grip of fruit, this one what we thought which should be a handful of fruit yes. took two of us to carry it back here. This is great news so far. Okay, let's keep going. And they told him and said, We came to the land where thou sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. So not only does it have milk and honey, all the things we need for sustenance, check, check out the fruit we've brought back. Yes, sir. Check out everything. All the physical evidence says that this is the exact place that the Lord promised us we should be. The description the Lord gave us is accurate. I'm going to put you in a place flowing with milk and honey. They must have just seen honeybees. They must have seen cows with milk, goats with milk, all over the place. They say, wow, this place is rich. This is it. On top of that, look at the fruit. Let's keep going. Verse 28, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak. So this, so he says, I'm gonna have to, before you get too excited, I just want you to know, this is factual now, this is still factual, that there, there are walled cities, we're not gonna have to go in there and burn tents. There are actually cities that we have to overcome in this place. That is absolutely true. There are cities we have to overcome. And there are children of Anak, these children, these children of these people that were apparently big. Their children are there too. <laughs> Let's keep going. Verse 29, the Amalites dwelt in the land of the south, yes. the Hittites and the Jebusites, and the Amorites in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. So he's telling them, look, everybody's there. I'm going to be honest with you right now. This is great land. Everybody wants a piece of it. The Amalekites are in the south. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites are in the mountains. Right? Canaanites are by the sea. They've taken up every particular land. When we go there, I'm afraid we can't avoid it. We're going to have conflict when we get there. But the land is exactly what the Lord said. And the Lord said, if we go there, he's going to give us the battle. Amen. Right? These are the promises that Moses has got long before this moment has come. Yes, We're going to give you the land. It's flowing with milk and honey. But I'm going to give it to you. Let's keep going. And Caleb, verse 30, stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome. So they sent in another, I think it's in the book of Judge, in, in the book, one of the other books, they, they talk about <clears throat> that they sent a spy for every tribe. Caleb's representing one of the tribes. And he goes up there, and two people go up there and give the report that, hey, let's go. Let's go right now and take this land. The land's good. It's a fight. 
but let's go. We've got this. We've got Jordan on the bench. We're good. This is our fight. We've, you know what? Sometimes we need an encouraging word when we're up against it. Rather than hearing how bad it's going to be, I need you to tell, stop telling me how bad it is. I need you to stop telling me how much in debt we are. I need you to stop telling me how short I am. I need you to stop telling me how ugly I am. I need you to give me an encouraging word to overcome the thing that's in front of me. Encourage me. Yeah, I know how bad it is. I've been knowing how bad it is. But you've got to sometimes tell me we've got it. When I start to shake a little bit, when my faith isn't quite where it should be, I need you to tell me we've got this. Gosh, yeah, I know how bad it is. Yeah, I know the odds are against us. But you need to give me an encouragement. Especially now that I know that this is where the Lord wants me to be. Caleb sees that the people are responding to all the negative parts of the message he's given them. Caleb realizes that they've focused their mind on the bad thing rather than looking at the good thing. That I found the land the Lord's promised and that it's flowing with milk and honey and that we're going to be able to take it if we go up there right now at once. Our souls sometimes and our minds sometimes when we are given two bad pieces of, have you ever seen that when it says I've got good news or bad news what do you want first <laughs> because what you're trying to do is give yourself enough steel to deal with the bad news well give me the good news first and then I'll decide how to deal with the bad news it doesn't matter to me what, which bad news or good news you give me first I'm gonna sit in a positive mindset on the good news that you give me <laughs> So Caleb's there trying to make sure the people's hearts are right and we've got to be that kind of people. When people come to us with our problems, we are not supposed to be the ones to pile on with everything that might be go wrong with what you're going through. What we are supposed to be is the ones who remind people that we serve a promise keeper. We end up being the people who remind everybody about how bad this could go rather than being the people who remind people how strong and great and mighty our God is. <laughs> Let's keep going because we're going to get to these folks right here. Caleb has no doubt. We, this is in our, this is, we are well able to do this. This is what we came for. This is what we are going to do. This is why we were sent. This is why we're free. We are well able to take out those kids of children of Anak. I don't care how big they are. God's on our side. Don't let the thought of the giants be the thing that stops you from going and winning your victory. You haven't even thrown a punch yet and you're scared. Wait a minute. You haven't even seen them. All you've done is heard what I've said and the people are starting to get scared. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's keep reading. Okay. And 31, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. <laughs> Wait a minute, you haven't even rest, arm wrestled nothing. You've gone to go look, you've gone and spied, and all of a sudden, Everything that the Lord has promised is now uncertain 
and everything that you've seen is now so solid. <laughs> the people who have gone, who should have been bringing in an encouraging message, are actually carrying now fear and torment with them. Here what's about to happen in this moment is the thing that I hope never happens with us. That the person who is the least faithful, the person that has the most fear, gets the greatest voice in amongst us. No, I want to hear from the strongest. I want to hear from the faithful. <laughs> Let's keep reading. And they brought up an evil report, verse 32, of the land which they had searched and so the children of Israel saying, the land which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. <laughs> and all the people that saw in it were men of great stature. So wait a minute. We've gone from presenting physical evidence that there's grapes that we can barely carry. There's so much. There's pomegranate and figs. This has got wood. The place is flowing with milk and honey, but now you're telling me in verse 32 that the land literally eats people. It consumes us. They must have been saying we just barely got out with our lives. I don't know how we made it out. The land would have eaten us if we'd have stayed there any longer. They've taken all the, all the evidence, placed it in front of the people. I'm supposed to believe your mouth over what God said? No, 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 no. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. But nonetheless, they have brought this evil report. They have brought fear, their fears, into the camp of Israel and have dumped their fear out in front of them. And rather than look at the evidence, the people are starting to imagine what the fear must be looking like. Let's keep reading. So, so not only are these men big, these aren't just big men. These are quite literally giants. Now, we haven't talked about literal giants here this whole time. We've said they're the descendants of Anak, which are big people and giants, yes. But we have, now we're talking about evil reports. And they're saying, actually, there were giants there. Let's keep going. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come, uh, come, excuse me, come of the giants. Yes. And we are aware in our own sight as grasshoppers. Yes. And so we were in their sight. This is the most, this is the most important verse. This is the most important verse. Look at what he said about, look at what these people with the evil report said about them. They said, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. The way I'm feeling right now with my fear has changed the way I look at myself. I'm not a spy looking at this for Moses and for the God of all eternity. I'm a grasshopper trying to avoid being stamped on by giants. Fear has turned the image that they have of their own selves from soldiers and spies into grasshoppers. And this is why fear is such a dangerous thing for the people of God to carry. The image of yourself will change from the sons of God to simple grasshoppers and insects. We have to be careful to reject what fear does to us and embrace what faith is for us. More importantly than what they saw about themselves, look at what they said right at the end of the verse. And so were we 
in their sight. This is slightly worse than the first part, because now, as the spy, I didn't go there to talk to you. I didn't go there as an ambassador for you. But what I've come away with the impression isn't just about how I feel about myself, but about how you feel about me. Do you see what fear does? Fear makes me think that you are better than me and you haven't said anything to me. Fear makes me do all kinds of weird gymnastic thoughts in my head to make me look little and you look big. This is why we have to avoid fear. This is why when people are trying to come to you with an evil report, with bad words, with negative impulses, we have to push that away and embrace the promise of God. Because you'll start thinking you're a grasshopper when you know good and well you're a child of a king. They'll have you thinking that you're little and you're big. They'll have you thinking you're weak and you are strong. You've got to avoid some people's negative reports because it will change the way you think about yourself. The blood was shed for you. The blood was given for you. And these folks will have you think you're just any and anybody. They'll have you believing anything about yourself. You've got to have to focus on what the word of the Lord is. Not what the spies, the negative spies are saying. So we start to imagine how small we are, more than how powerful God is. That's the kind of way we start to think about things. Yeah, God is great, but I'm so small. I remember once when I was younger, I was supposed to, uh, I was playing basketball. And I remember these, I was, I'm tall, I'm 6'4", I'm not average height, I'm a little bit more than average height, but these guys were basketball players, professional, some of them. And I remember going, I was supposed to go into a dunk competition, and I saw the competition, I said, oh no. <laughs> I walked up, I regretted it to this day, why? Because I should have at least tried. I should have at least, and one of the guys who was a pro athlete there saw me in the crowd and look, Caleb looked at me and says, you, you're supposed to be in this competition. Uh -huh. I, was, I didn't put my name in or anything. Yes, he says, I've seen you play. You're supposed to be in this. And I says, wait a minute. My own fear yes, sir. knocked me out of the competition, okay. not my skills. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I see. Can you see, I eliminated myself because I said, I must have said to myself, I'm a grasshopper compared to these guys. Yes, my own thoughts. Yes. Oh, come on, sir, come on. My own thoughts defeated me. I didn't even get a chance to try. <laughs> I could dunk a little bit. I could have tried. I might not have got a 50 out of 50. I could have got a 40 out of 50 score. But you see how we can defeat ourselves long before anybody tries to defeat us? We have to, not, we have to break that cycle that our fears have on us where we are not big enough. <laughs> And our thoughts tell us they must be thinking we're not big enough as well. <laughs> look, let's look at what happens in chapter 14. And we're, and we're coming out of your way. In chapter 14 and verse 1, what does it say? And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Goodness me. What has happened? 
the report that these men brought. They brought the evidence of what was going on. Caleb gave the correct report, and these, these 10 other people gave the bad report. And what we realize is that the, the, what gets infected, the people get infected by fear, so much so that they are up all night crying over something that isn't, hasn't even happened yet, over something they haven't seen yet, over something that the Lord has given them already, and they're up all night crying because they think they're defeated already. Our minds make us smaller than we are. Our minds will convince us that the Lord isn't with us. Our faith will, our minds will grow and hold on to that fear and simultaneously reject the faith that the Lord is bigger than everything. It'll convince us we're not strong enough, convince us we're not good looking enough, convince us we're too short, not smart enough. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus, not good enough. Heritage isn't enough. And the things that we are called to do, we won't do because we've built up an image that doesn't even exist. We've created an image of ourselves. We're not grasshoppers. We are not the tail. Scripture says we're the head. More than conquerors, the scripture tells us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to share one more scripture because it's important to understand that this isn't just, this is a, this isn't important for us to do. The scripture is in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. Now I'm going to get out your way. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3. I need you to understand, I know I'm talking about like a literal fight and going to fight a fight, but that's not, obviously that's not the thing I'm needing to understand here. I'm not expecting you to go physically fight anybody. I'm not expecting us to have to go play basketball now that those days are over, right? What I'm really talking about is the spiritual fight, right? I know Caleb was ready to go fight physically, but that's not required of us. What the scriptures here telling us in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3, and if I can have the minister read that for me one more time. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. I'm not talking about going to go have a literal fight with anybody, just to be very clear. I'm talking about the fight that goes on inside of you. Yes, we're in the flesh. And yes, that was the fight in the flesh that Caleb and the children of Israel had to go through. But that's not what you're called to do. You're walking in the flesh, but your fight's not in the flesh. Verse 4 says what? It's not about the flesh. It's not about the flesh for us. It's at a different level. It's a spiritual level for us. And the purpose that God has called us into, we have to walk in victoriously, not because of the evidence, but because of his word. But what does it go on to say for the weapons? But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds. That's what they talked about in, in, that was going in the, in, the, in the land, in the promised land. They might, do I, I need to see if there's tents or strongholds. I don't care what there is in there. If it's tents or strongholds, I'm pulling them down. I don't care what it is. You know what? It's a good idea to have a plan. But if the plan gets messed up, don't worry about it. He, is every, he has everything in control. Let's see how that, how that ends. But mighty through God. The pulling down. The pulling down of yes. Casting down imagination. That's important. 
the thing in your mind you're thinking is going to be terrible, that imagination that sometimes works against us, it can create beautiful things and it can create nightmares and we've got to reject the nightmares, casting down those nightmares, those imaginations, making me think I'm a grasshopper. I'm not a grasshopper. I don't care how small we are, I don't care that they're all, I couldn't care if it was just me and Tanya in here. We are not grasshoppers. <laughs> we are the giants. Glory to God. Casting down that awful, bad imagination, the bad report that comes in your mind of yourself and others. I'm casting that down. Let's keep going. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against so when the Lord brought the command that I'm going to bring you into a land of promise, I'm going to bring you safely into a land of promise, that should have been the trust thing we trusted. We didn't send the spies to tell us we couldn't go. We sent the spies so we could have a plan to go. That was the only reason why we sent spies. I wasn't trying to decide if I was going or not. I was trying to figure out how I was going to go. <laughs> Let's keep going. Bringing into Kabash. Yes. Every thought. Yes. To the obedience of Christ. Yes. Bringing into captivity and Kabash. Yes, every. Yes, every thought every to the obedience of Christ. We have got to get our minds to be obedient. Our minds goes and do some funky things against us. Where we dwell on some stuff that don't exist. Look, the important part of the first scripture was that I imagined that they thought we were small. I've got to bring that idea into obedience. i got to bring that into obedience. That my mind would give them the power over me? No, if I'm going to say this, I'm going to say we're strong in their sight. I can't go into a fight thinking, oh man, I wonder what round I'm going to get beaten. Wait, what? No! If I go to a fight, I'm gonna say, okay, I'm taking him out in the second. Yes, and if not the second, the fourth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm not gonna say, I wonder which, which round, if he's gonna be a left hook or a right hook that's gonna take me out. Yes. Nope. Yes. I'm gonna reject that imagination, yes. that fearful imagination. I'm rejecting it and I'm pulling in the word of God. Our victory is assured, but we can beat ourselves long before we ever get to the fight. Don't, let's, let's not let fear defeat us. Let the Lord guide us. Let him be our rock. Let him be our shield. When David went to go, go into the fight, he wouldn't rely on, on Saul's stuff. Says, you know what, this ain't for me. When I was taking out lions and bears, I didn't have that. So I'm going to rely on the word of God. And I'm gonna bring into obedience my own mind so that I can serve him with all my heart. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of this word. Thank you.